you're a restaurant that's been used to handing out cash at the end of the day, you don't have cash anymore. It just doesn't exist. Um, the amount of cash you need to hand out has not been collected at sales, right? So it's not in the till. What do you do? Usually, like they'll have um, managers walk down to the bank that might, you know, might be a, a block away or something like that and grab cash if, if you're that lucky. Um, that's an unsafe procedure, obviously. Um, a lot of theft happens. It's hard to manage. Yeah. So we're seeing a ton of restaurants move away from that to automated solutions. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. You know, I've always said that the restaurant business is one of a thousand details. And obviously the most important ones are pleasing your guests and putting out great product. But what about all those unpleasant tasks that are necessary, but you'd rather not even think about? Well, in this episode, I'm speaking with Mr. Leif Magnuson, and he's the CEO of a company called Tip House. And Tip House automates tip reporting and compliance in your restaurant, makes everyone happy. You don't have to think about it. It's just automatic, a system, and take that off your plate. So don't miss this episode. Thanks to the sponsors this week, Works, The Birthday Club, and The Restaurant Rockstars Academy. Now with the Academy, you can actually assign training to your entire team to help you run your restaurant, teach financial skills such as inventory, food, beverage, and labor costs, marketing that is proven with trackable ROI, and staff training that up-levels your organization, delivers amazing dining experiences, and teaches your team to sell. It's all available at the Restaurant Rockstars Academy at restaurantrockstars.com. Don't miss this episode. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Listen, I'm all about marketing, but believe me, very few marketing ideas today are fully trackable, where you know exactly where the business is coming from, and you also know that it's generating a positive return on your investment. Now, I no longer own restaurants, but if I did, this idea would be at the very top of my marketing plan. It's all about birthdays. Everyone has a birthday, and they are a huge, let me repeat that, huge source of business in your restaurant. Why wouldn't you want to focus in on reaching everyone with a birthday in your area? Well, you can with the Birthday Club from FanConnect. Best part is they do everything for you. You get a turnkey marketing system that sends birthday cards in advance, inviting people to celebrate at your restaurant from your area code, plus a sign-up strategy for your existing customers. New business, repeat business, higher check averages, and a massive customer database. You can get all this with the Birthday Club. Check it out and sign up now at getfanconnect.com forward slash birthday rockstar. Restaurant owners and managers, listen, it's not too late to claim your employer retention credit, but you have to act soon. If you haven't heard of this, your business can receive money back from the IRS, money you've already paid in payroll taxes. Nothing you do today is more important. Now, this is free and clear cash that your business is owed by the government. The ERC program is available if your operation had 500 employees or less. You had to shut down or partially suspend your business, or you had at least a 20% decrease in business due to COVID-19 during any quarter of 2020 and the first three quarters of 2021. 
Now, your business can get up to $7,000 per employee per quarter for 21 and up to $5,000 per employee in 2020. Now, if you have just 10 employees today and meet the requirements, you can receive up to $260,000 back in a refundable tax credit that you don't have to pay back. Now, the faster you apply, the quicker you get the money, but you must do it soon. You can use the money for any purpose, payroll, cost of goods, business improvement, or other expenses expenses. Again, you don't have to pay this money back. Now, Works is a company that will do everything for you to get the money that you're owed. Now, I'm speaking from experience with Works. My restaurant received big checks in all available quarters, and Works people and process made it easy. For a no-obligation consultation, click the link in the show notes to this episode and speak to them with no obligation. You pay nothing until they get you the cash. Act now. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. So glad you're here and so glad to introduce Leaf. Leaf, how are you today? Doing great, Roger. Thanks for having me. Really glad you're on the show because our goal with the podcast is really to give operators and general managers and anyone in the hospitality space tools and information to help them run stronger, more efficient, more profitable businesses. And that's literally where you come in. So, you know, we're going to talk all about a company that you're involved in called Tip House and how you automate, you know, tip reporting and compliance and all those things and how you save restaurants money and time and effort and cash. But before we do, tell us about your hospitality story. Where did it all begin for you? Like most people, I did a little bartending in, in college, um, bartending class ser- serving while I was going to school up at Western Washington University. Um, I didn't work in hospitality for a long time until I think it was 2028. 20, I, I got a gig um, due to my background in manufacturing supply chain management. I was asked by um, somebody that owns a, a, a restaurant group here in, in the Seattle area called Forelli's to uh, basically make their their production process in their kitchen a little bit more efficient. So they, they, it's a pizza place. Mm-hmm. They were getting a lot of customers. They couldn't keep up with their man. It was taking too long to, to, to create these pizzas. So I came in and kind of made that whole process more efficient. Um, over the course of my tenure there, I started getting exposed to more and more of the technology uh, on the ground floor. And started realizing, hey, there's some significant gap. They were utilizing a legacy point of sale system. Um, it was a Aloha at the time, and I basically convinced them to upgrade their tech stack. You know, uh, looking forward, it's like if you're on the same tech stack for the last 15 years, um, maybe without meaning to do so, so you're hindering your your potential for growth. Um, there's a bunch of inefficiencies that add up over time. And especially when you're in a non-cloud point of sale, you're kind of restricted to whatever they want to offer you as far as tools go. Um, by jumping into the cloud, I felt like, hey, this 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 pizza chain is going to be um, far more uh, agile in 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 what technologies they bring in. Um, say something like COVID happens, for God's sakes, you know, and <laughs> that did end up happening. And they were so 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 much better prepared and equipped to handle. The, the the challenges that come with delivery and, and, and takeout and all that kind of stuff. So, so it, was, it was a great, yeah, yeah it was a ahead. very great experience in general. That's excellent. Yeah. So I totally see how the technology and systemizing meets the needs of, you know, say a small business up to a large business. And I'm a huge advocate of systemizing and making things more efficient. So I appreciate you sharing that. 
Now, the pandemic has really shifted the way operators have taken a look at their business in terms of moving forward and stuff. And there's a cross section, I don't need to tell you or anyone listening in this industry, that we've got small independent operators, maybe one single location, maybe two or three little locations, still small businesses. We have larger restaurant groups. We have the national chains that are run by huge companies and all that sort of thing. And they all have a need for what you're doing now. But everyone's sort of... um, savvy, you might say, or operational um, control over their business varies dramatically. So in your opinion, what's most important to any operator right now that was forced to pivot a few times during the pandemic? Maybe they've adopted new technologies. Online ordering became critically important. And you know, third-party delivery was important before the pandemic, even more so during the pandemic. And those are just like baby steps. But what happens after that? What is else most important that, that you see? I, I, as you mentioned at the beginning of the question, it, it really depends on the size of your organization. If I'm talking to an enterprise customer, like let's say 100 units plus or locations uh, plus, what's important from 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 a technology perspective is is maintaining and having um, control of your own data. An example of that is if you utilize a point of sale system and you don't have control of your own data, i.e. you can't provide your own API endpoints or something like that, you're basically restricted to whatever the point of sale partnerships person decides to integrate with, right? You're kind of relegated. And point of sales move fairly slow on who they decide to integrate with um, because there's, there's not a lot of upside for them it's it's more work it's more management um and a lot of point of sales as we're seeing with 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 host and and a few others is they're trying to create their own in-house applications um to cover all the bases so um because of that they can make it restrictive if you're an enterprise customer you want best of breed in whatever it is right and without having you you know a data warehouse that, that you control in the cloud and that you can provide access to and from um you can become kind of stuck uh with whatever your your your, your point of sale dictates to you excellent let's talk about or let's shift gears and really talk about the importance of that data and you know, let's go back to third-party delivery for a moment because most of the third-party delivery companies own that data and it's not shared with the operator. And there's so much marketing information there that is at the benefit of third-party delivery versus the actual operator. Is there a way that an operator can have more control over that data and and capture it so that they can use it to market? Have you seen that happen? You know, the what the vendor will know is like what is being ordered when it's being ordered etc cetera, etc cetera. that's kind of but but you're you're removed by, by working through a third-party app like they're gonna know where people are ordering from um they're gonna have more customer-centric data mm-hmm. um i don't see any way around that <laughs> you know um unless you create your own app which is going to be untenable um yeah, and I I don't know where that where that's going to go in the future, but I mean that that's kind of the position they hold. Like uh, you know, I the economics be, behind the DoorDashes and Uber Eats of the world are not amazing. I would yeah. never get into the business, um, and so that that data is crucial for them to kind of remain in 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 business. I would imagine. 
All right, let's table that question and we'll apply it more to Tip House once we sort of peel back the layers of the onion there. So I mentioned earlier that Tip House is sort of an all-in-one compliance and tip reporting and automation platform for restaurants, regardless of size, regardless of number of locations and all that kind of stuff. And it's a really remarkable tool. But before we get there, what was the brainchild? Like what, when was that idea discovered that tip reporting can be somewhat nebulous and onerous and it's like, it's kind of all over the map and and keeping different employees in the restaurant happy is kind of a challenge because some people think that, oh, this is fair to tip somebody X percentage. And then the bartender says, no, you know, I poured drinks for you all night and I expect more than a percent or two. You, you know how it goes. Yeah, and it's yeah. all over the place, you know, and every restaurant's policy is different, but Let's talk about the brainchild. Like, where did that idea come from? And then how did that framework get put together so that you're covering all the bases and you literally have a tool that will fit into any, any organization? So I want to explain that. And then let's let's really dive Absolutely. into what Tip House does. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so so back to that, that pizza chain, uh, Ferrelli's, I was working there. One, okay. I, I, yeah. got, I convinced them to, to upgrade their point of sale system. Um, and then quickly after that, I realized, hey, they're they're, they're calculating tips in this antiquated point of, or uh, software um, that doesn't integrate with with Toast. Uh, so we had to kind of replace that. I didn't really know that that was a, a thing that restaurants even did. Um, as I dug into the problem more, I realized like most restaurants do use uh, spreadsheets and things like that. Yep. Um, but I went into the market, vetted all the solutions in the market. Um, I um I ended up picking my favorite all, of all of them, which was Gratuity Solutions at the time. And when I onboarded, the, the the process was like it was just a super painful experience. It took me three or four months um, working on the project to get it in line with the expectations of the restaurant chain. Um, and there was just a lot of manual stuff. There wasn't a lot of visibility, um, and there it it didn't do things that that the that the restaurant group thought it just intrinsically should do. Um, and I tended to agree. I didn't see any logical reason why it shouldn't. So, um, my, I, I convinced a couple of, of my friends in, in Seattle that, that happened to be great full stack developers to, you know, work on this over the weekends. And within six months, we had an MVP out and, and, a, and our first paying customer. Um, as we progress, you know, it, fairly standard when you're in your early days, uh, 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 software product development is we just listen to our, our, our customers, right? We had a, Ideal first customer, which was Ferrelli's. Um, and then we we quickly sold, actually got a paying customer right after that. Um, but just listening to the feedback over the course of six months and being very, very proactive about, um, hey, is the feed, does the feedback make it more fair for the employees? If yes, let's, in, let's install that. Let, let's build that. If, if the, if the feature request inhibits fairness or equity, um, let's, table that. Um, one of the things that, that we established early on is that we want to be a champion of the employees. Um, and so we'll, we'll have some restaurants sometimes that'll, be, that'll say, hey, look, we don't want our employees to have access to your employee app because we feel like it's going to cause more issues if they know what tips are going on. And we're ba we, we've kind of set a hard line in the sand. We're, we're, we're forcing that function here next month. But it's, um, it's basically saying, hey, look, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with your employees seeing the tip outs, then don't use tip house um, because at the end of the day, I don't want to, I don't want to have a bad reputation uh, because we're supporting these organizations that are kind of unfair. It's, 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 it's a little shady behavior. 
All right. That's great. So I really want the audience to understand what it is and how it works with, and then we're going to dive into some specific details, but in order to pro- provide that, um, give us your rocket pitch for tip house as if you were introducing a completely unknown platform to someone for the first time, an investor perhaps, or someone that would be a potential customer without bogging into too much detail. Give us an overview rocket pitch for tip house. Yeah. I mean, uh, going in under the assumption that that a lot of your listeners are going to be in the restaurant industry to a certain extent. Correct. Um, So, so the software pulls data from, from your point of sale. Mm-hmm. And then you set up rules that dictate where tips should be going. We've got tip sharing, tip pooling. Um, you can stack them. You can do, we, we can basically accommodate any situation. Um, once those rules are activated, and they're, they're, those, act, those rules are constantly in effect, i.e. a manager can't go into the platform and manipulate tips in any way. So it's kind of a closed system. You set up the rules. We verify that the rules are legal in your state. Um, we approve them on a fairness basis to a certain extent, or we'll coach you on, on how to um, appropriately set up those rules. And then they just work in the background. Um, the idea is you set up this program and you don't have to manage it on a daily basis. Now, what you do need to do is 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 get your time punches you know, correct for the employees. You have them use the right job codes. Our entire rule... Um, process is is delineated from uh job code usage and when they when you clock in and when when you clock out so we've we've kind of we've gotten very creative in how we want to dig, uh, send tips out uh for instance we created a, a time of sale methodology which is um maybe maybe a server is at a table for for you know serving a, a table for an hour um and we have a rule that says um, 6% of alcohol drinks sold, 6% of the, the sales goes to the bartender. That's a common rule. Now, there's a bartender working the entire time. Um, and maybe a bartender clocks in for five minutes at the end of that one hour period of time. Well, we've, we've created this time of sale methodology. We'll allocate five, five minutes worth of that tip out to that individual. Um, that's the kind of stuff that we're we're constantly working on to make it just yeah, more that. and more intrinsically fair. Because I want the employees to look at it and be like, "Oh, this makes sense." There's no question in my mind yeah. um, that this makes sense. And um, you know, we're we're about 99 of the way there. I'm sure that there's going to be more things that come up in the future, but um, very good about it right now. Is um, really- beyond- yeah, go yeah. ahead. So, so yeah. Out, after those calculations are are complete, yeah. we'll spit out a report to payroll. Um, and then those tips can be added onto your paycheck at the end of the pay period. Um, but we've also got our earned tip access program that we released in, in September, which we partnered with a FDIC insured digital bank. And so we issue bank accounts um, to employees if they want to get their their tip money for free instantly at the end of their at the end of their shift. Um, or they can opt to just deposit money into their existing bank account for a fee. Um, it's about 60, 70, 80 cents, depending on the organization size, um, directly into their their Chase or KeyBank account. One of the biggest challenges for operators is sort of enforcing tip reporting 
compliance so that employees really accurately re, uh, reporting the tips that they earn. So this takes all yeah. of that onus off the operator because technically in certain states, they can come after an operator if tips are underreported for those people. And you almost right. have to monitor that. And I remember when I was an operator, I think there was a minimum of like 13% that had to be recorded, even though people might be earning 17, 18%. And this is many years ago. Yeah. But now this whole process is automated so that even if someone underreports tips in the point of sale system, because my my staff used to have to clock out. And if they were tipped employees, they would have to declare tips before they could run their cash out. And it yeah. would never be a hundred percent of what they actually made. It was some fraction of that. And then yeah. I had to go back and there was a lot of time involved in at least making sure it was at least 15%. So we were staying above board. All this is automated. Is that correct? So I don't even have to, we don't have to worry about that as operators. That's correct. Yeah. So so the the, the system is set it and forget it. You you jump nice. into the program. We pull the data on a fifteen minute cadence. Um, you set up your rules, and once you do that, as a manager, you don't have to go into Tip House if you don't want to. I mean, obviously, we offer a lot of cool analytics and and metrics and things like that. But if you don't want to go into it, you don't need to. Um, you know, most all the work that that you need to do to make sure that Tip House can do its job is going to be in the point of sale. All right. That's perfect. So it's really interesting that obviously every restaurant handles things a little bit differently, but let's talk about, you have so much data now with so many different clients in all walks of the industry right now. Let's just say a new restaurant is just opening up and they need to institute their tip policies. Are they going to pool? Are they going to do percentages mm. in each department? You're in a very good position based on past data of similar size restaurants and number of employees to be able to coach them and put the system in place, even though they have no idea of what, what to do and how to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've got uh, close to 2000 locations around the United States at this point, um, growing fairly quickly too. So, um, we do have all that data and, and that's the thing, you know, our salespeople don't act really as salespeople. They're, they're more of consultants. Hey, you know, um, if the product works for you, great. If it, if, if it doesn't, that's okay too. Um, but it's more of, Hey, what are your problems as, as an organization? Is tip house a good fit? Can we solve those? Here's, here's, here's the data that we see in the industry, right? Best practices. Um, and by best practices, I mean, you know, we can look at things like how many employee hours are on the floor versus how many tips or sales generated, right? That's an efficient restaurant. If, if, if we can, if we can define like a, an employee hour, um, that, that has a huge, um, uh, sales multiplier on it, that's, that, that, that's something that I think is undeniably a good restaurant. So how do they set up their, their, uh, their, their tip, you know, architecture, um, and then there's obviously, you know, we, you know, we could subset things into, you know, breweries or 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 hotels or or, or things like that to to kind of hone in on the on the customer's exact expectations. Over the next year, we we definitely plan on um, creating more of that content for for the for the um, uh, you know the, the the United States in general. Um, right now we, I do feel like there's a lacking in, in, in this space, as far as visibility goes, it's just not a ton of visibility. Um, and so I, I think our plan over the next year is to kind of take it upon ourselves to, 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 you know, speak truth to, 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 to the matter. You put some emphasis on the fact that this is really about transparency, authenticity, and you're looking out for the employee's best interests, of course. 
overall, yeah. do most, the majority of service staff that are tipped employees feeling like your, your systems are completely reasonable and fair, regardless of the situation, based on all those algorithms that you've worked out in different organizations? Because I know in my own organization, it's like, no one was ever happy. I want this. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like, there's so many yeah. moving pieces to this where, you know, a server said, well, I ran my, you know, I ran my feed off for the last six hours and I did a double today. And, you know, yeah, you poured me a couple of drinks, but I don't think it's worth this percentage. I think it's really, you did this for me. It's like, yeah, so many yeah. Moving pieces, but yet you're, you're automating that somehow. You're completely right, Rod. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be a subset of people that are always unhappy. And that's, I think that's just life in general. Okay. Um, sure. But I think what, what, what's important, you know, my, my, a lot of my job is just making sure that we stay the course and that course says, Hey, let's define our values and stick with those values, no matter what we hear. Um, you know, if we feel good about what we're doing and we know in our hearts that it's going to have a, a positive impact and that, that positive impact, impact will translate into greater revenues down the road mm -hmm. um, via our reputation and things like that. Um, we ha all, oftentimes have, have employees leave um, tip house service restaurants, go to another restaurant that doesn't use tip house and, you know, promote it. And then they onboard tip house and everybody's happy, you know, that, and that that's a rare thing to see in this industry. You know, I totally agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you talked about a way to automatically deposit tips in someone's bank account, whether they use, you know, earn tip access or, or whatnot. Now there's certain amount of cash tips that certainly the bar will put in their pocket at the end of every shift. Yeah. And then there's obviously the credit card portion and that's where the reporting comes off of the point of sale system. So is it, are gratuities a combination, I'm guessing, of cash that gets put in their pocket and then, say, an automatic credit card tip that that's then gets auto-deposited? Or does a restaurant still give an employee cash at the end of the day based on a percentage that they earned that you know takes care of that at the cash-out process at the end of the shift, you know? It's, it's the... Things are in transition right now. Um, before COVID, about 75% of transactions were credit card mm -hmm. or on plastic in general. Yeah. Um, after COVID, it's, it's north of 90%, which means that, you know, if you're a restaurant that's been used to handing out cash at the end of the day, you don't have cash anymore. It just doesn't exist. Um, the amount of cash you need to hand out has not been collected as sales, right? So it's not in the till. What do you do? Usually, like they'll have um, managers walk down to the bank that might, you know, might be a, a block away or something like that and grab cash if, if you're that lucky. Um, that's an unsafe procedure, obviously. Um, but yeah, we used you know, to be I, upside down all the time because exactly. obviously credit card tips far exceeded cash. And they literally, yeah. we would have to literally go into petty cash, open the safe, and like fund out a ton of money that would then automatically be deposited to our bank account via credit card sales. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. there was always that disparity, you know, that disparity there. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of theft happens. It's hard to manage. Yeah. So we're seeing a ton of restaurants move away from that to automated solutions. There's a ton, I mean, there's a handful of startups that really focus on that. Right? You know, moving the money component of it, which is fairly easy to stand up as far as the business goes. But um, what what we've realized is that, you know, we released our tip calculation product and the most requested feature was, you know, access to how do I access fund? Um, 
you know, larger organizations are having Brinks trucks show up on a, on a regular three day cadence and, and handing so, out. Yes. Um, it's just, it's just, a, you know, you're putting everything in envelopes, for instance, right? The process of putting in envelopes, how much money are you spending on envelopes? All the, all, there's a ton of costs associated with handling cash um, that can all just be electronic. You know, there, there's, there's no reason for it. And so our program and the differentiation that I'm trying to bring to the market right now with our earned to access program is is giving the employee the choice, right? Where they open up their employee app, they see, hey, look, I made $100 today. And instead of being forced by my employer to, to wait for my paycheck or forced to use some prepaid card or something like that, I get to choose. I can say, hey, look, I, I, I don't mind. I'll wait for my paycheck or I'll sign up for the free version or I'll pay a fee to get it directly deposited in my own account. Um, but at least you have the 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 optionality there, which is kind of lacking in the market right now. Right now, it's kind of the the, the restaurant employer, employer will say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. And everybody has to get on board, which seems a little draconian to me. It's interesting you mentioned the app. Let's talk about that because I'm understanding and hearing that that now the employee, the tipped employee, has access to full trackability of yeah. their earnings and their tips on literally a dashboard that they look at that's easy to understand and it shows how much they sold and what the tip percentages yeah. was and all that just on their phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it's our, I, I'd say employees like that feature more than anything else we do, um, obviously. Um, but it, it mitigates oftentimes in a restaurant setting. Um, if I go to work, I made $300 in tips and then I find out that I only got tipped out 150, right? I'm might be, and a lot of times this happens. They, they go to the manager and have, you know, they'll sidebar for 10, 15 minutes. They'll, they'll have to take them back to the back office, show them the spreadsheet of how this, how the mathematics was done and, 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 and the, the manager might have to block out, like you know, their 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 coworkers, right? Because they don't want to see everybody else's. Um, and so it it saves a ton of time for for our, these general managers or managers in, in, in these locations, just because the employees, you know, there might be some questions at the at the at the forefront. You know, once you deploy tip there might be some questions. But as as the product is used and and they get used to it, they just rely on the on on the tip house app. Um, and they trust that it's it's being fair. They can even look at what rules are active at their particular location they're working at um, to make sure. Hey, look, does, does all this stuff add up in my head? If it doesn't, they can go. They can request support, ask support about a specific sale or something like that. Support will get back to them within the same day, and then they they can feel comfortable moving forward. Now, I believe um, you're promoting. Well, the time and money savings, of course, is an efficiency, yeah. which is a byproduct huge. of using this, which is which is huge. And you just talked about the time that a manager saves. And I believe on your website, it says up to 20 hours a month just in management time. Yeah. And then also, it's like an hour a month per tipped employee as well. So you add those things up and exponentially, there's an efficiency there. Not to mention the headache that is being eliminated by an owner or general manager having to track all this and then dole out the tips and deal with the employee complaints and all that other kind of stuff. So it's like, it's taking a pretty yeah. good chunk off your plate. I'm understanding. That's great. Um, let's talk about house money versus earn tip access. And I, I don't want to get confused between the two, but I think those yeah. two things are interrelated because you talked about, you set up a bank account. So let's explain yeah. those two things if you would. Okay. So it's a little confused. So earn tip access is, is the 
overarching pro- program that allows our mm-hmm. you know the employees that we serve as access to their money quickly. Um, but gotcha. in the, inside that program, there's our house money program and there's our house direct program. House money is you have to open up a bank account with us. Um, it's geared towards service industry professionals. Um, we'll be adding in things like 401ks, um, you know, emergency funds, credit building um, things over the next six months. Um, but beyond that, you know, so so that's the fee, free product. And then we've got our house correct product, which is you simply take your, your existing key bank or chase credit debit card, input the, the, the card information, and then we're going to send money directly there for a fee. Um, and so it, it kind of covers both bases. And our, our hope is that people will kind of migrate to, to the free option um, so we can help them. You know, our goal with the, with the health money program is to just create better financial wellness into the future. You know, a lot of the time servers and bartenders or, or restaurant workers in general, they're in their 20s. They're not really pre- preparing for the future. So creating nice savings accounts access to to high yield uh, treasury bonds and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is kind of where we're we're going with with, with this program um super excited about it now you have a feature called auto reconciliation and i want to really understand yeah. that because it relates to something that was a problem in my restaurants early on where from time to time and fairly often, depending on how many employees you have, people do forget to clock out at the end of the shift on a point of sale system. And in operators, if you're not aware of this, it's a huge potential loss of payroll costs because if someone forgets to punch out, you could be overpaying them by six, seven, eight hours when that system, the point of sale does its nightly reconciliation or grind, they call it, where it automatically clocks an employee out at three or four o'clock in the morning, even though they ended their shift at 9 p.m. And if you don't catch this when you're reporting payroll, you could be overpaying multiple people, five, six, seven extra hours that costs you a ton of money. Now, auto reconciliation has some process of catching this automatically right it does yeah so we've got a couple of things in, in place um well let me let me start at the forefront so please the, do the, the, the real the, what we define as auto reconciliation is the simple fact that if i tip you 50 dollars today right i'm going to give you cash or i'm going to deposit in your account i'm going to give you 50 dollars today for for today's work um now tomorrow we realized that somebody forgot to clock out or didn't clock in or something like that. And now we realize that you should have gotten $25. Well, you've already got your $50. Good luck getting that money back from Roger. He doesn't want to give it up. Right. So you, 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 you create, you're, you're, you're in the hole now and you can't take in at the end of the month, it just adds up. And, And from our conversations with, with, with other restaurants that didn't have a reconciliation process, for a normal size restaurant that was doing between five and ten thousand dollars a day in sales, they were losing about one hundred fifty to two hundred dollars per month in tips they didn't need to tip out, right? So that 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 would that pays for for tip house in and of itself. Um, so what 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 are real pitches here is that you know if you're utilizing an Excel spreadsheet. And then you're sending those totals to maybe like a, a third party that's going to move the money. There's no reconciliation process there unless you have somebody in your back office reckon, having some sort of like spreadsheet reconciliation. I don't know. It, it becomes very, very 
And I do know of a, a, a restaurant that, that that has somebody in-house doing that. They're like a, 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 um, an, a, a controller in the back end that, that's kind of like doing all this um, with their with their 20 locations. But it's a it's an extreme amount of work. It and is. so what we do is we just automate that process. We also give you warnings. If somebody forgot to clock out the night before, we give you warnings and, and allow awesome. you to click, hey, go op- update this in your point of sale. Now, that should be something. And I always coach all of the GMs that we work with or all the restaurant ownerships. First thing in the morning, make sure that time punches and job code usage is correct. Because if you're wait, if you're one of those managers that waits till the end of the week or every three days even, your employees, especially if they've got access to our tip house app, they're going to be seeing the wrong tips for those three days until you correct things. And then it'll all you know be corrected retroactively. But your your employees are going to be like, what's going on? Why are things changing all the time? It's just not a good way to to treat your employees. What happens if a restaurant institutes a certain system of reporting and percentages? And and let's just say they set the whole thing up and then they later decide, you know what, we see either a better way of doing things or someone, how can people change within the system once it's been set up to follow a certain format with Tip House? Well, we, we allow our users to, I mean, we, we strongly encourage you don't make changes until the end of the pay period, okay. you know, because sure. it can, it, it, it can convolute things to a certain extent. Of course. Um, but we can set it up. So ba- basically you would log into tip house set. So you've got a rule here. You, you would set that rule for termination at the end of the pay period. Mm-hmm. And then you would go into our platform and set up a new rule to go into effect at the end of the pay period. And yes. so one will be transferred out for the other and then you can go from there now over the next six months we're going to be creating like a a playground so to speak where we're well you'll have access to your own data and you can run scenarios utilizing fake rules or whatever you want within this environment that doesn't affect your actual um tip calculations to give people um uh, just an easier time kind of um, you know experimenting with, with different outcomes is clients' access to your platform really user-friendly and turnkey, or in the beginning, there's sort of a learning curve, and they need sort of a client success person, a representative of Tip House to help them through it? I've seen both. You know, I've on one side of the spectrum, I've had customers sign up and create their rules and and just have a few questions for us on on the, on the customer success side. And I've also had customers that I had to explain what a percentage was, so. I mean, you know, it, yeah, it, it gets, I would say on average, there's always some sort of, you know, support that's required. Um, and we encourage, um, you know, I, we have much better experience with customers when we have an opportunity to interface and do some coaching and really help them get set up for success as opposed to a self-service thing. We're talking about a lot of money at the end of the day. This is, it's not something that you can kind of just willy nilly jump into and expect everything to work out, you know, especially when, when your, your employees are, it's over 50% of their income in, in, in many cases. But once it's set up properly, then it's set it and forget it. And now you can just forget about For the, the most part. Yeah. It just works. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Walk us through the audience as if we're a first time client and we want to implement tip house in our restaurant, what's the onboarding process like? What's the timeline and you know, how much back and forth is there between the client and tip house? Is it all online where you answer a set of questions and parameters and then you set it up and then you walk someone through using it or what's the process itself and how long does it take? 
It usually takes about a half an hour to an hour. So when, when you sign up, you'll go through a 30 minute demonstration of the product. Um, if you decide to move forward with it, with the free trial, which is a two week free trial, um, you know, we'll set you up with an onboarding session with a human being. Um, and that human being will walk through the product with you and get you set up on that call with all your rules. Um, now you might need to schedule a secondary, uh, onboarding call based off of, uh, changes, which is often, often happens with, you know, uh, larger organizations, um, but it's we we try to white glove everything as much as possible. Again, it it creates um, um, a better understanding of the product, and the product is great. So a better understanding equates to you know customers sticking around longer. Um, and so so you know we dedicate a lot of time to that. We've got I think I it, it's hard it's hard to know for sure, but I I think we've got some of the best support in the industry. You know, software selling into restaurants. Uh, our our response times are five minutes. Uh, within the app itself, um, and then you know we we solve the problem within. I, I think the average right now is an hour. So um, super attentive to that point is what I'm saying. I mean, and, and the philosophy there is is that you know we're service servicing hospitality folks, right? They they expect a certain amount of uh, service. And yeah, I, I think a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of it's lacking in the industry. You you see it all the time. We have people yes. come back. They're like, oh, toast takes in a week to get back to us. It's like, okay, well. Great opportunity for us. We'll jump in there. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Hospitality people have high expectations because guests in restaurants have high expectations. And that's really the yep. foundation of this business. So if you're serving a hospitality enterprise, you have to deliver true hospitality and service when they need it at their convenience in a really timely fashion. So I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out. Let's talk about um, pricing. What's your pricing model? And are there any contracts involved? Well, right now we pr we price at one hundred and twenty dollars a month. There's a sign up fee, um, depending on your uh, point of sale, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's no contract. Um, we 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 might start implementing contract down the road here, but mm -hmm. um, we started with the philosophy of you know pay us for a month and then we'll give you service for a month. And if you decide to leave because we're not presenting a good product, then do that. Um, you know. It, it, it's worked it's worked well so far well you covered a lot of ground and you really gave us a new solution to take something onerous and unpleasant off our plates and and really make it fair for the employees so i'm glad you shared all of that with us leaf so Thanks, Roger. our audience can find you at tip house which is t-i-p but house is spelled h-a-u-s that's sort of yeah. a german word little take it is on, right is that right yeah well they they didn't have the the english spelling um, we were looking for domain names. We went with uh, HAUS, and it kind of worked out. People people seem to seem to like it. And we've got a we've got a customer called uh, Doghouse that does um, hot dogs and the, a fast growing chain. Oh, right, so, right, right. Yeah. So if somebody um, goes to tiphouse.com, T-I-P-H-U-S, then they can sign up for a free trial. Is there a demo available right on There's site? There's a demo, yeah, yeah. Like, highly recommend the demo first. Yeah. yeah. So click the awesome. click the button, demo the product. Um, and that, that should give you enough of an idea of whether or not this is going to be a good fit for you. Fantastic. Well, Leif, thanks for sharing this idea and this concept and, and tip house with the audience. Um, I think you're serving the industry well. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Pleasure having you as well. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thanks to our audience for tuning in. Can't wait to see you next time. Stay well, everyone. 
Thanks so much, uh, Lee, for being with us on the podcast. You know, you've brought a service that is so valuable. I remember when I was running restaurants, it was so hard to keep everybody happy. And there was always a lot of, you know, disgruntled people because I should be making this and you should be tipping me out that. And, you know, just making sure that you reported the correct amount of tips when, you know, so many staff in restaurants don't want to report the amount of tips that they earn. So you automate the entire process. And I'm really glad that you brought that to our audience. Thanks also to our listeners for once again, tuning in. And we can't wait to see you in the next episode. See you then. People go to restaurants for lots of reasons, for fun, celebration, for family, for lifestyle. What the customer doesn't know is the thousands of details it takes to run a great restaurant. This is a high risk, high fail business. It's hard to find great staff. Costs are rising and profits are disappearing. It's a treacherous road and smart operators need a professional guide. I'm Roger. I've started many highly successful, high-profit restaurants that I've now sold for millions of dollars. I'm passionate about helping other owners and managers not just succeed, but knock it out of the park. I created a game-changing system, and it's filled with everything I've learned in over 20 years running super-profitable, super-fun restaurants. Everything from creating high-profit menu items and cost controls to staff training where your teams serve and sell, to marketing hooks, money-maximizing tips, and efficiencies across your operation. What does this mean to you? More money to invest in your restaurant, to hire a management team, time freedom, and peace of mind. You don't just want to run a restaurant. You want to dominate your competition and create a lasting legacy. Join the Academy, and I'll show you how it's done. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.